have you ever had the thought, if I could do that over again, I would do it so differently? Or when you're thinking about something that happened in the past, you think, oh, I wish I had said this, and I wish I had done that, and if I had to do over again, I would do something else. Well, I'm going to do something in this week's newsletter that I've actually never done before in the 20 years that I have been writing my weekly Enlightening Life news article. And that is, I am going to take a little trip to the past and to give my past self some advice that I hope would have helped her at the time. And it's going to help me get resolution with a few things in the present. Not that I'm dwelling in the past, but I just think it's important for us occasionally to acknowledge the past and to look at the past with a different viewpoint. So in this article, I am going to look at five things, actually six, that I would like to be able to go back in time and tell my past self. And as you're listening to me, I want you to think of some of the things that you would like to tell your past self, if you could, that maybe would make your life a little easier, certainly a little bit less challenging, and maybe just bring you a measure of joy. This is also a great way to acknowledge how far you've come. Welcome to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host, and I want to show you how to create your rich, happy, and successful life. Since 2004, I've been teaching soul-congruent, mind-expanding, wholeness living to a global audience. I'm known as the world's most accurate intuitive, the iconic energy savant, a best-selling author of eight books, the expert on energy boundaries, alignment, integration, and intention. And I'm the founder of the Becoming 360 Method of Transformation. I'm here to motivate, inspire, and energize you to embrace your full potential, upsource your possibilities, revive your life, and shine your light brightly. Thank you for joining me on this week's High Vibes Living Podcast. And I hope you'll learn something that tunes you into your high vibes and motivates, energizes, and inspires you and shines some light on your journey. Let's get started. Have you ever said that you would love to turn back time to go back to the past and undo some choices you've made, or maybe make other choices that you didn't make? And most importantly, give your past self some advice that would help her in her life. What if you could avoid the trauma, tears, grief, disappointments, and shame? What if you could be more confident, clear, self-aware, and have more self-esteem? What if you could give your past self five pieces of advice that would help him or her and ease some of the trauma that you've experienced in your lifetime? In the 20 years that I've been writing this blog, I have never done this kind of article, but I believe it's time. I'm not doing it from a place of regret, but from a place of acknowledgement of how far I've come and to have a measure of closure with the past. Because as I realize the lessons, blessings, and truth of the past, I also complete the timeline and give myself closure. So I no longer have to regret the past or anything that happened or did not happen. So let's go. And as you listen to these five things that I would like to tell my past self, think about what you would like to tell your past self today. Number one, criticism and judgment are simply someone else's opinion of you and can mirror their jealousy over who you are 
your light, your gifts and talents, and your being. I wish I had known this so many years ago, starting during my childhood, when I believed that it was my fault that someone took issue with what I did or said. Had I considered that it was possible to ignore them, I would not have responded by dimming my light, trying to please them, or believing that I was in the wrong every time. I would have been more protective of myself rather than dismissing myself because it appeared that someone took issue with me. Now, criticism and jealousy were part of my family dynamic, so taking a stand against it was not always possible when I was younger. I get that. But it was a possibility when I was older and I let myself be swayed, manipulated, and muted by it far too much and for far too long. And the jealousy came from people I wanted to love and accept me. So instead of shielding myself from them and their energy, I tried to compensate for their jealousy by being less of myself. As you know, that never works. The result was that I turned away from my highest potential and opportunities that my well-honed jealousy radar knew would create another level of criticism and judgment. Until one day I decided I was no longer going to do that. I was going to let my light shine no matter what anyone thought or said about it. And that's exactly what I would tell my past self. Shine your light as brightly as possible no matter what others think. Number two. People will talk about you, so give them something positive to talk about because there's nothing wrong with you. This one is especially poignant for me because I was often the topic of looks and whispers as a child as I was physically handicapped by the vaccine-induced paralysis that would change my life forever. You might know the story, so let me just give you a little recap in case you don't. The morning of November 22nd, 1963, I went to school a happy child who loved to learn and who wanted to become a ballerina. In fact, my mother had told me that I could take ballet lessons. I was so excited. By that evening, I was paralyzed from the neck down and the last thing I remember for the next week was lying in the back seat of my parents' car looking at the stars in the sky as they were driving me to the hospital. When I awoke from a coma a week later, I saw my parents and the doctor talking and heard the doctor say that I would never walk again. I was determined to prove him wrong, and I did. But that didn't happen for another five years. I was in the hospital for two years. No more school, no more ballet dreams, and no more walking or motion of any kind. It is truly a miracle that I can walk and move today, although I haven't fully recovered and I probably never will. After I was released from the hospital, I had to be in a wheelchair because I still couldn't walk. I had no movement from the waist down. Eventually, I could walk with braces that went from my hip to my ankle and were fastened to what I thought were ugly brown orthopedic shoes. No cute velvet Mary Jane shoes for me. And crutches. I was stared at a lot. It was unusual to see a handicapped child, so people stared and whispered. I could hear them asking each other, what was wrong with me? I grew to hate being looked at, and that expanded to hating being the center of attention. When I was in my corporate career, I hated being in the center of attention or in a situation where everyone was looking at me, and yet I was often the lead in technical projects and organizations and in high-level positions. I managed to perform because I had a strong work ethic, I loved my work, and I wanted to do well, but it was hard. 
I was always in doubt about what people really thought about me and whether I was okay or was there something wrong with me. I would remind my past self that the brightest lights get noticed and that doesn't mean there's something wrong. And people talk about what they don't understand and they don't know or what's different from them according to what they believe. But that doesn't make you wrong and it certainly doesn't mean that you have to change who you're being or who you are. Number three, your dreams and visions are worthy of being your priority and should not be sacrificed for the benefit of others. How many times did I ignore what I wanted because it wasn't convenient for others, someone else's needs took priority, or I was trying to avoid judgment, criticism, blame, and shame, so I put my dreams away for later. I didn't realize how much later, later would be for some things. Or I pretended my dreams and goals weren't important, and instead I helped someone else realize their dreams. I have supported people who turned around and betrayed and abandoned me, who took what I offered and never even said thank you. Many people were able to realize their goals and succeeded thanks to my support and efforts. Well, I was ignoring my own dreams. At the time, I thought I was being helpful and supportive, but I did have an agenda. I believed that this was the cost of getting their approval, and I was wrong. They had no approval to give me, but they were more than happy to have my help. Now I'm much more discerning about who gets my help and how I give it. I would tell my past self to contribute her time, energy, and effort to others' dreams with great discernment, but not to replace that with going after everything she wanted and to do so with all her heart and all her energy and to be unafraid, bold, and daring, and to not worry about what anyone said or thought about it. I would add here, I would tell her to learn to say, no, I'm not available with much greater frequency. Number four, being a smart, intelligent woman is not a liability. I could expand this one to having unique gifts and talents is also not a liability. I've always been told I was a smart girl from the time I was very young. For most of my school years, I couldn't do sports, but I excelled at my studies. In college, I was very smart and I loved school, and maybe that was augmented because I couldn't do sports. In college, I was the curve breaker, and I always did all my work and extra simply because I love learning and I loved school. But I grew up in an era where women were not supposed to be smart or accomplished. All they needed to do was to be nice and accommodating and dress well so they could marry a nice man who'd take care of them. Being the smart girl meant being called a nerd or a bookworm or worse, and those were considered insults. I was someone that intimidated many people, men and women, because I was curious, intelligent, and knowledgeable. I eventually had to overcome that out of necessity, out of the necessity of surviving in an industry, the tech industry, where being smart was not a liability, it was a requirement. Then my daughter became a teen and I remember her telling me one day that she didn't want to be smart like me because boys wouldn't like her. I told her there was no value in being liked by boys who did not appreciate intelligence. A few years ago, she had to tell her teenage daughter the same thing. Why do we, especially as women, think it's a liability to be intellectual, worldly, curious, 
and knowledgeable. We brush off compliments about our intelligence as nothing important, while we hope that someone notices our hair, clothes, and other aspects of our appearance. We don't want to stand out because we're afraid of criticism and more. We're afraid of being different, of not being accepted, or of not being acceptable. I won't get into the lifetimes of our energetic history that instilled fears of being persecuted, targeted, and judged, but they're significant, and they make these choices for us when we're faced with a choice of standing out or standing down, reminding us with painfully clear energetic memories that we're safer if no one notices us for our differences. Yet our intelligence, curiosity, and capacity for knowledge are part of our spiritual gifts. They are what creates new energy containers when ours have run out of energy road and it's time to create a new paradigm for our reality. We need these abilities to expand into new paradigms, to embody new potentials, and to embrace and efficiently assume our 5D multidimensional selves. What would I have told my past self? To expand her knowledge, curiosity, and creativity as much as possible, to shine with her intelligence and to be proud of it because it was part of her and to never be afraid or ashamed or who or what she was for any reason. Number five, and finally, I would have told my younger past self to never spend any time in regret, shame, blame, or guilt over anything in the past, especially past decisions that are being reviewed in the present. To avoid that today, I remind myself that I always make the best and what I believe are the wisest decisions at the time. Sometimes they are the only decisions I'm aware of and sometimes the one I choose may not be a good one, but it's better than all the other ones. The irony of self-judgment over past decisions is that the only way we know that something may not have been the best choice is to have experienced the results of that choice. So we can't know how something will turn out until we do it. And then once we've done it, we judge ourselves because we didn't like the outcome. Hmm, that's something to think about. I would add to that the need to be self-caring and to remember that our decisions often include other agendas, such as making a decision because we think that's what someone wants us to do or making a choice based on what we think is right for someone else and then we'll fit our benefits in there somewhere. So often when we judge our past, we forget that what we considered bad choices or decisions today are often those that we made against our intuition or our better judgment. So instead of saying, what was I thinking? Consider asking yourself who you were trying to please or what other agendas were at play behind the scenes. And I would tell my younger past self quite simply to choose wisely and well with the best of her abilities at the time, to pay attention to her intuition, and most of all, to choose for herself. And one more thing, since I'm on the topic and I'm on a roll here, I would also tell my past younger self, and maybe this should have been the first on the list, that it is not and has never been her job to make others happy, to make their lives better, to solve their problems, or to be attendant to their emotional needs. Now, for those of you who are emotional or energy empaths, 
this is tough because you know when people are sad, upset, and unhappy, and you think that you need to change their mood, their feelings, and make them feel better. Why do we do that? Well, there are several reasons. One is that happy people don't target us if they notice our light. Another is that we think this is our mission, to make everyone happy. It isn't. Our mission is to shine our light, and if others can see it, great. If not, that's okay too. We decided that since we were going to end our karma in this lifetime, and we chose our toughest karmic partners to work with, that we were going to make sure that everyone saw, embraced, and embodied the light. Wasn't that our barometer of success? Well, no, and it has been a very tough and painful journey for us when we had that belief and acted on it. But that can be changed, and it has to change, if we are ever to free ourselves of the self-imposed obligation of protecting ourselves, meaning not being a target, by ensuring that everyone by ensuring that everyone around us is feeling great even if we're miserable or we're using all of our time, energy, and effort on behalf of everyone else. Happiness is a choice and we can relieve ourselves of the burden of responsibility for the world's happiness when we remember that people can choose to be happy or not and they choose the level of happiness that they can embody and that is not our concern or our responsibility. As I said in the beginning, I'm not saying these things with regret or anger or judgment. I'm going full circle to give myself closure and to honor the person I was as well as the person I have become. I remember my past self as being lonely, scared, anxious, frustrated, and feeling very ill-prepared for life. It wasn't easy for a strong empath who was surrounded by unhappy and jealous people, something I'm sure you know very well. Today is so much better, and I want to reach back in time to that scared, lonely young woman and comfort her and assure her that in the end, it will all work out. Meanwhile, the timelines that those past experiences created are being replaced with new intention, bold blasts of energy, new portals of potential, strong intentions for joy, and an appreciation for the person I have been, as well as the one that I am becoming every day. If you've taken my The Pearl Timeline Transformation Program, you know that all our regrets, fears, anxiety, guilt, shame, and self-judgment are part of past timelines of betrayal, abandonment, rejection, persecution, and more. The cords of grief that bind these timelines to us are strong, but they can be untangled and unraveled. So we see the past as a stepping stone to more intentional, deliberate, joyful creation in the present. And acknowledging our victories is how we release ourselves from the energy trauma of the past to more joyful, joy-filled living in the present. So now that you've listened to my five things I would tell my past self, how about you? What are some of the things that you would tell your past self so that he or she would know in the end, everything works out. In the end, it's all okay. In the end, you emerge more powerful, more self-aware, more centered, more grounded, more self-assured than you ever thought you would. And let yourself enjoy the knowledge that 
in spite of the odds, in spite of everything, that you made it and here you are. And every step from here on forward is a step into joyful, joy-filled creation that you enjoy. Thanks so much for tuning in to the High Vibes Living Podcast. I'm Jennifer Hoffman, your host. I hope you've enjoyed this week's episode and that it has inspired, motivated, and energized you to take a few steps towards your rich, happy, and successful life. If you need more inspiration for your life path, check out my eight best-selling books on Amazon or look at a transformational intuitive session, coaching, or program on my website, enlighteninglife.com. Be sure to sign up for my newsletter and join my over 5 million weekly blog readers. Please subscribe to the High Vibes Living Podcast. Give it a like and a review. Your acknowledgement helps others find us and get the information and inspiration they need to turn their pain into joy and their fear into confidence. Your Becoming 360 transformation into congruence and divine harmony is a step away, as is your rich, happy, and successful life. Join us each week for a new episode, and I look forward to our next time together. Mm-hmm.